please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. And there you're going to find access to our social media pages. You're going to find access to our private message boards, our private chat rooms. You're going to find access to articles about the topics we discuss here. You're going to find a lot. I want to let you know, though, right now, the website, www.famousapple.com, is under construction. Everything is open and everything is still functioning. But in two weeks, we're going to have a grand reopening, and it's going to be bigger and better than ever. You're going to like it. And it's all being done for you, the listeners of the podcast. So, how you feeling this week, my friends? You feeling good? Feeling strong? Feeling better than you did yesterday, I hope? Excellent, excellent. I have to ask, 4th of July was only a couple of days ago. Now, when you woke up that morning, you looked at all your body parts that you had. When you went to bed that night, did you still have the same amount of body parts? I know I did. You want to hear depressing? I went to Walmart yesterday with my wife, and we went in, and it was the typical night at Walmart. But can you believe, here we are, this is the first week of July, Can you believe that they've got back-to-school items out already? They got walls of notebooks, walls of pens, pencils, bookcases, uh, refrigerators for college students. You name it, they have it. It's out on display, back-to-school, notebooks for 50 cents, this, that, and the other thing. Believe me when I tell you, it's been decades, decades since I had to go to school. But I was depressed. I was depressed when I walked in there. And the funny thing when I walked, when I rolled in there, but I was depressed. (laughs) The funny thing was, I'm looking, I'm saying to my wife, I said, this is depressing. This is really depressing. And this little kid comes in and she can't be any more than 16 years old. And she goes, oh my God, school didn't even, school just let out. Look at this. They got back to school stuff already. And I, I was saying to my wife on the way home last night, I said, you know, what's even worse? I said, you know, when we were kids, you knew school was starting when they started showing the coming attractions for the fall. Well, last night on TBS, they showed a coming attraction for a TV show coming in the fall. I said, I don't even want to see this. I can't believe how depressed I got as an adult over school starting. That's ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. I'd hate to be a kid right now. Think about it. It's so hard. When we were kids, when we were kids, we had it so much easier. But, oh, it, it, it was just so depressing. It was so depressing to see back-to-school signs in July. And right next to it, there's fireworks that didn't sell. <laughs> there's fireworks that didn't sell, and there's back-to-school supplies. And there's bathing suits over here, and there's barbecue supplies over there. Unbelievable. My head wanted to explode. 
but we're gonna we're, we're actually gonna talk about depression today. We got a, I got a couple of good points to bring out to you today. Uh, some stuff from Medical News Today about depression, the and exercise being the best antidepressant. It also helps prevent heart disease. Plus, we got 15 good foods that help your blood pressure. And if you keep your blood pressure in check, that also prevents heart disease. So we'll get to that in a minute. Let me ask, did you hear Oscar on last week's show? He's the fellow who believes that handicapped people shouldn't have handicapped parking permits because he thinks if we're going to go to the store, then we're not that handicapped, then we should be able to walk from the parking lot like everybody else. The guy's a little bit misguided as far as I'm concerned, but we had him on. He was on for a good 20 minutes with us, and if you didn't catch it, you should go back and listen to last week's podcast. It was, <laughs> it was pretty interesting. It really was. But I got nine responses about the podcast. And believe it or not, three people actually agreed with them. One was Eddie. He was from Chicago, Illinois. He agrees with Oscar. He believes that there shouldn't be any kind of handicapped parking permits for handicapped people. If they're going to go out shopping, then they they don't need handicapped parking permits. Tommy from Connecticut thinks Oscar is a moron. That was the, that was the whole email. Oscar is a moron. Uh, Carol from Detroit, Michigan. She says it doesn't matter because no one follows the laws anyway. So in other words, in Detroit, whether you have a handicap placket or not, anyone parks anywhere. Uh, Diane from Appleton, Wisconsin. Oscar is the disturbed child. <laughs> okay. Ronnie from Center City, Pennsylvania. He disagrees with Oscar. That was very nice. Bobby from Albany, New York. Oscar is correct. He agrees with Oscar. Tamara from Kansas City, Mon- Missouri. Wants to know if Oscar drinks. <laughs> I guess he does. Uh, Kevin from San Diego, California. He, he swears Oscar is a Republican. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Raymond from Los Angeles, California. Doesn't agree at all with Oscar. He thinks Oscar's a moron. And plus, uh, his email was a quite a, quite long, and I think every other word in it would have to be beeped if I was to read it on the podcast here. So, you know what? It, <laughs> I understand people get passionate about topics, but you don't have to get that graphic. I mean, what he could do with family members who have already passed on, I can only imagine. But, uh... Was it Raymond? <laughs> Raymond gave us graphic descriptions of what he can do with deceased family members. More than I wanted to know. But it was a good it w- it was a good interview. It was our first interview. And I wanna let you know that we're looking to have other guests on the show. And that could be you. If you have a topic you want to discuss that you're passionate about that would be of interest to our audience here, by all means, let me know. Send me an email at admin at famousapple.com. And I'd love to make arrangements to have you on the podcast. We can do it by phone, by Skype, you name it, we can do it. So keep that in mind. If you have something you'd like to discuss or something you'd like to point out, or maybe you have some some tricks to get by with disability, you know, to get by and handle your disability, 
life hacks or something like that that you want to share with other people, by all means, I'll give you an open mic. So keep that in mind and uh, keep the comments coming about Oscar. Like I said, if you missed it last week, listen to last week's episode. It was pretty good. It was pretty telling. He he wasn't foul mouthed or anything, but uh, he was pretty direct. He's pretty direct. And let me just say this. I, I do know Oscar. I do know him. He's a he's a nice enough fellow. Uh, he's not he's not a nasty guy at all. He's a professional truck driver. Now, one thing did come up after the podcast, and uh, someone told me that there's people that actually have handicapped placards but use them to go to work. I don't see how that's even how that could even work. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if it's legal. I don't know if it. I, I don't personally think it's right. I think if you're able to go to work and stand or sit for however long you have to be there, you really don't need a handicap placard. So I'm going to look more into that. I just heard about that a couple of days ago here. So I'm going to look more into that. But I don't think that's right. I don't think if you're able to work, you shouldn't have a handicap placard. Someone told me that they've seen work vehicles with handicap placards. If that's the case, there's I have some serious issues with that. Some real serious issues. If you're able to work, you're not handicapped. That's the way I look at it. Those are the, those handicapped placards are for people that they can't move around as, as well as they should. And in a case like that, if they're giving it to people that are, are driving commercial vehicles, and these people are parking commercial vehicles like at Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that and loading up their trucks and they have handicapped placards on it, and you know what? I think I might agree with Oscar to a degree. But I'm going to look into that and I'll bring up bring that up next week but anyhow we'll, we'll move on here i want to talk to you about depression and its effects on heart on your heart and heart disease now we've talked on this podcast before about depression and heart disease and depression and heart disease are two things that actually go hand in hand. Now, depression, well, you become disabled, you get depressed, your life has changed so much, and you can't do the things that you used to do, so it's almost normal that you become depressed. But letting it go, letting it carry on and fester inside of you can lead to heart disease and can cause you to have have a heart attack. There was this study uh, written up in Medical News Today that I want to pass along to you. It's called Exercise, the Best Antidepressant Also Prevents Heart Disease. It's written by Anna Sandow. It was published uh, Thursday the 28th of June, 2018, and fact-checked by Jasmine Colgay. Depression is a risk factor for heart disease. New research now explores the link between these two conditions, finding that for many who have depression, exercise is the best treatment that can keep both the heart and the mind healthy. Depression raises the risk of heart disease in people who haven't had a history of cardiovascular problems. For those who already have been diagnosed with heart disease, depression raises their mortality risk. In fact, some studies have revealed that people with depression are at high risk of arrhythmia. Others, meanwhile, have pointed out that people who develop depression after being diagnosed with heart disease are twice as likely to die from it. So, what can be done to prevent this bleak scenario? The solution might lie in exercising more, say researchers, as studies have continuously pointed out that in 
some cases, working out can be as effective as an antidepressant medication. But when the feelings of hopelessness and worthlessness that characterize depression seep into every aspect of your life, it may seem impossible to find the motivation to exercise. A new study published in in the Journal of Psychiatry shows that many, many ways in which depression negatively affects health and highlights the benefits of exercise for relieving depression and keeping the heart healthy. The co-author of this study, Dr. Trivedi, lays out some useful tips for overcoming the problem of finding drive to exercise when you're depressed. Dr. Willis and colleagues, the co-author of this paper, examined data on almost 18,000 participants whose cardiorespiratory health was measured when they were 50 years old on average. Using administrative data from participants' Medicare files, the researchers analyzed the correlations between their cardiorespiratory fitness at the age of 50, and the prevalence of depression and heart disease in later life. Overall, they revealed that the participants with high fitness levels in midlife had a 56% lower risk of dying from heart disease after receiving a diagnosis of depression. The scientists also found the correlation with other chronic conditions such as diabetes, obesity, and kidney disease. Such illnesses, the author points out, can affect the efficacy of the antidepressants. For these people, exercise may be the best treatment for depression. There is enough evidence to show that the effect of low fitness on depression and heart disease is real, said Dr. Tivity, but further study is needed to establish the mechanism by which the effect happens. Regular exercise can be difficult, but it can be done. Dr. Tivity cites studies that showed that people with depression can frequently do three-quarters of the amount of physical activity that they're recommended. Maintaining a healthy dose of exercise is difficult, but it can be done, he says. It just requires more effort and addressing unique barriers to regular exercise. So what are some of the ways in which one can address these barriers? Try dedicating the same amount of time to working out each day at the same time. Try not to get discouraged if you miss a few days. Instead, just resume exercise as soon as you're able to. Track your progress. Keep the workout activities varied and fun by trying something new every day. You can also charge your friend with the task of keeping you on track of getting your exercise in. The earlier you maintain fitness, the better chance of preventing depression, which in the long run will help lower the risk of heart disease, urges Dr. Tivity. There is value to not starting a medication when it's not needed. Being active and getting psychotherapy are sometimes the best prescription, especially in younger patients who don't have severe depression. That's something to think about. But remember, like I always tell you, Get your doctor's approval before you do anything. Run this by your doctor before changing anything, before changing any kind of routine. Your doctor knows best. Like I said, you have to be proactive with your health. Your doctors, your nurses, your therapists, they're there for you to use to get your health back. All right? You have to go to them. Run all of this by them before you change anything around or try doing anything. Don't change anything without letting them know first. I mean, the doctor may be able to give you some kind of exercise exercises you can do that's not going to exasperate your your disability. Your therapist can give you exercises you can do. So work together as a team. You have to work together as a team with your doctor and your therapist. Just make sure you check with them before doing anything different. Okay? 
All right, look, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back in 30 seconds. A minute, 30 seconds. A shake of a lamb's tail. (laughs) I'll see you on the other side. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. There you're going to find articles about the topics we discuss. You're going to find our connections to our Facebook page. And you're even going to find connections to our private chat board. So take a minute, go over, visit www.famousapple.com. But please wait till the end of this podcast. Don't run out on me now. Let's get back to the discussion. And we're back. That wasn't that long, huh? 30 seconds. Out on this side, we're going to be talking about something else that affects your heart. And that's high blood pressure. It also can give you a stroke, can affect your kidneys. I have an article here from the Medical News Today. It's called 15 Good Foods for High Blood Pressure. It's written by Jane Leonard, and it says, Changing the diet significantly can reduce high blood pressure. Research has shown that certain foods can lower blood pressure both right away and in the long term. Also known as hypertension, high blood pressure affects one in three adults in the United States. Medications, dietary changes, and other lifestyle modifications can reduce high blood pressure while lowering the risk of associated conditions. Having high blood pressure increases a person's risk of heart disease, stroke, and kidney disease. In this article, we discuss the foods that can help reduce high blood pressure and provide scientific evidence. 15 Foods That Help Lower Blood Pressure Many researchers have found that certain foods can lower high blood pressure. We look at which foods work and how to incorporate them into a healthful diet. Blueberries, strawberries, they contain an antioxidant compound called anthocyanins, a type of flavonoid. Researchers conducted a large study with more than 34,000 people with hypertension. They found those with the highest intake of anthocyanins, mainly from blueberries and strawberries, had an 8% reduction in the risk of high blood pressure compared to those with low anthocyanin intake. Enjoy berries as a snack or as a sweet treat after meals or add them to smoothies and oatmeal. Bananas. Bananas can contain plenty of potassium, a mineral that plays a vital role in managing hypertension. According to the American Heart Association, potassium reduces the effect of sodium and alleviates tension in the walls of the blood vessels. Adults should aim to consume 4,700 milligrams of potassium daily. Other potassium-rich foods include avocado, cantaloupe, and honeydew melon, halibut, mushrooms, sweet potatoes, tomatoes, tuna, beans. People with kidney disease should speak to their doctors about potassium as too much can be harmful. Number three is beets. Drinking beet juice can reduce blood pressure in the short and long terms. In 2015, researchers found and reported that drinking red beet juice led to lower blood sugar in people with hypertension who drank 250 milliliters, about one cup of the juice every day for four weeks. Researchers noticed that some positive effects within 24 hours. In this study, those who drank one cup of beet juice every day had an average drop 
and blood pressure. For many, the change brought their blood pressure within the normal range. The researchers suggested that beets' high level of inorganic nitrate caused the reduction in the blood pressure. It may help to drink a glass of beet juice each day, add beets to salads, or prepare the vegetables as a healthy side dish. Four, now this this a lot of people are going to like. Dark chocolate. This sweet treat may lower blood pressure. A review of 15 trials suggests that cocoa-rich chocolate reduces blood pressure in people with hypertension or pre-hypertension. Choose high-quality chocolate that contains a minimum of 70% cocoa and consume a single square or a piece measuring about one ounce each day. Five, kiwis. A daily serving of kiwi can reduce blood pressure in people with, with mildly elevated levels according to results of one study. The researchers compared the effects of the apples and kiwis on people with slightly high blood pressure. They found eating three kiwis a day for eight weeks resulted in more significant reduction in both systolic and diastolic blood pressure compared to with eating one apple a day. Hey, I don't like that. <laughs> For, for the same period. The authors suspect that the bioactive substances in kiwis cause the reduction. Kiwis are also rich in vitamin C, which may significantly improve blood pressure readings in people who have consumed around 500 milligrams of the vitamin every day for about eight weeks. Kiwis are also easy to add to lunches or to smoothies. Number six, watermelon contains an amino acid called citrulline, which may also manage high blood pressure. Citrulline helps the body produce nitric oxide, a gas that relaxes blood vessels and encourages flexibility in the arteries. These effects aid the flow of blood, which can lower blood pressure. In one study, adults with obesity and prehypertension or mild hypertension who took watermelon extract showed reduced blood pressure in the ankles and bronchial arteries. Brachial artery is the main artery in the upper arm. Researchers have also found that animals given a diet rich in watermelon had better heart health. In one study, mice who drank a solution containing watermelon juice had 50% less plaque in their arteries than the control group. The mice that the mice who drank the solution also had 50% less low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, which many describe as bad cholesterol, and they showed 30% less weight gain than the controlled animals. To, bo to boost watermelon intake and add fruit to salads and smoothies, or enjoy in a chilled watermelon, chilled watermelon soup. I've never had that. Hmm. Oats. Oats contain a type of fiber called beta-glucan, which can reduce blood blood cholesterol levels. Beta-glucan may also lower blood pressure, according to some research. Re a review of 28 trials concluded that higher consumption of beta-glucan fiber may lower both systolic and diastolic blood pressure. Barley also contains this fiber. Start the day off with a bowl of oatmeal or use rolled oats instead of breadcrumbs to give texture to meat or ve veggie burgers. Leafy green vegetables. Leafy green vegetables are rich in nitrates, which help to manage blood pressure. Some researchers suggest that eating one to two servings of nitrate-rich vegetables every day can reduce hypertension for up to 24 hours. Examples of leafy green leafy greens include cabbage, collard greens, fennel, kale, lettuce, mustard greens, spinach, and Swiss chard. To consume a daily dose of green vegetables, stir spinach into curries and stews, saute Swiss chard with 
garlic for a tasty side dish or bake a batch of kale chips number nine garlic garlic is a natural antibiotic and an antifungal food its main active ingredient is allicin it's often responsible for associated health benefits some research suggests that garlic increases the body's production of nitric oxide which helps the smooth muscles to relax and the blood vessels to dilate these changes can reduce hypertension one study reported that garlic extract reduced both systolic and diastolic blood pressure in hypertensive people. Garlic can enhance the flavor of many savory meals, including stir-fries, soups, omelets. Use garlic instead of salt. Using garlic instead of salt can further promote the health of the heart. Fermented foods. Fermented foods are rich in probiotics, which are beneficial bacteria that play an important role in maintaining your gut health. Eating probiotics can have a modest effect on high blood pressure, according to a review of nine studies. The researchers reported more enhanced effects when the study study participants consumed a multiple species of probiotic bacteria, probiotics regularly for more than eight weeks and at least 100 billion colony forming units a day. Fermented foods to add to the diet include natural yogurt, kimchi, kombucha, apple cider vinegar, miso, tempa. Some people prefer the concentrated probiotic supplements every day. Lentils and other pulses. Lentils are a staple of many diets around the world as they are excellent source of vegetarian protein and fiber. In 2014, researchers who studied the effects of diet rich in pulses on rats reported decreased levels of blood pressure and cholesterol. A total of 30% of the rat's diet comprised pulses including beans, peas, lentils and chickpeas. Lentils are very versatile. Many people use them as a vegetarian alternative to minced beef or to add bulk to salads, stews, and soups. Natural yogurt. The American Heart Association has reported that yogurt may reduce the risk of high blood pressure in women. The researchers found that middle-aged women who consumed five or more servings of yogurt each week for 18 to 30 years showed 20% reduction in the risk of hypertension when compared to similarly aged women who rarely ate yogurt. The men in the study did not appear to have the same benefits, but the yogurt intake tended to be lower. It is important to note that the National Dairy Council in the U.S. funded this research. Now here's some foods to avoid. Well, some foods may relieve hypertension, others may cause substantial increases in blood pressure. People can prevent or reduce high blood pressure by avoiding the following. Salt. Sodium can be sodium can significantly raise the blood pressure, according to the findings of a review in 2013. Caffeine. Caffeine in coffee, tea, cola, and energy drinks can cause short-term spikes in blood pressure. A review of the of five trials found that drinking up to two cups of strong coffee can, can increase both systolic and diastolic blood pressure for three hours after consumption. These findings do not suggest that coffee increases blood pressure or the risk of cardiovascular disease in the long term. Alcohol. Consuming moderate amounts of red wine may have some health benefits, but larger amounts of alcohol can cause dramatic increases in blood pressure. Heavy alcohol use can increase the risks of heart failure, stroke, cancer, and obesity. So there you have it. Now please do me a favor. 
Don't take anything away from your diet and don't put anything into your diet until you talk to your doctor first. Always make sure you're safe, okay? So talk to your doctor before you add anything or take anything away. I'm going to post both articles. I'm going to post links to both articles up on www.famousapple.com. So you'll be able to read these articles yourself. Also, I want to remind you, look, if you want to be part of the podcast, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can do it right from the comfort of your home. We can do it by phone. We can do it by Skype. We can do it however you want to do it. As long as you have something you want to say that would be of interest to the community here, or if you want to answer something that I've said, or you want to take issue with something, whatever, I want to hear from you. So drop me an email at admin at famousapple.com and let me know. And we'll get you on the podcast here and we'll make you a star. Thanks again for stopping by here. Now, I want to remind you one thing I always do. Remember, things can always be worse. Remember, there's people right now striving to get where you're at. So things can always be worse, my friend. Hey, have a great weekend. I will talk to you early on next week, and we'll see you then. Have a good one. This is Jimmy Apple. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.